0: Hello, strangers on the internet, I am Drew Fasciano, joined eternally and forever by Adam Magleby Magleby and Zach Metternich. Hello. hello! Why hello there. And Wait a minute, <laughs> I didn't know this podcast
1: was for eternity. That was not I... part of the deal when, we, when
0: I signed that blood pact. Well, you know, Adam, uh, that's really... why you read the fine print... Uh, in any case, uh, we are welcoming you to another hot episode of Now That's What I Call a Video Games Podcast. Uh, today's feature. Now That's What I Call a Satisfying Conclusion or Happy Ending for those of you with dirty minds. Uh, today we are going to be. <laughs> today we are going to be having a good long think about the end of things. Um, things in video game land. Wow! This is. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is gonna be. Some existential dread stuff going on here. <laughs> you know, I, uh, what I'm trying to say is we are going to be talking about video game series, franchises, and stories, how long they go on for, which ones we love, and when it might be appropriate for certain ones to retire. Before we get to that, though, I've got a hot question on my lips. Adam? Hot question. Zach? Oh, yes? Yeah? What is your favorite sequel title? Not sequel, but title of a sequel.
1: Oh, okay. Um, let's see. So
0: I have one. Yes, oh, Mr. Zach?
1: I'm
2: still thinking. Um, this is an oldie, but it's a goodie. Ooh. Um, too fast, too furious. Mm,
0: that's classy.
1: Not Tokyo
2: Drift. <laughs> <laughs> No, I couldn't I couldn't go to Tokyo Drift. I had to, I had to get the number and the
0: name. Um I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I never actually saw that movie. I haven't seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies in their entirety. Just clips and trailers Gen- that make me go, "Yep, that's a movie so, with cars in it." So, so genuine real talk, I haven't either. <gasps> but Oh jeez, Fraud detected right
2: there. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I've I've had friends I've had friends, like, emphatically tell me to, to go watch them, but I just, I need, like, a movie night to go sit down with a bunch of friends and watch through them.
0: Mm. I,
1: uh, I haven't seen them either, but my sister has seen all of them, and that really surprised me because she's usually not into those kind of movies, but she came back one day and was like, uh, I was like, yeah, hey, you know, what'd you do with your friends? So I was like, oh, we watched Tokyo Drift, and then we just kept watching all of them. Like, oh my god, What? So she's seen all of them. Uh, apparently they get they have some like pretty deep lore stuff like they get really connected with each other. Uh, the movies do. and there's like there's prequels, there's side stories, there's you know characters getting killed off that come back because ah, that, I mean, was
0: a, that was a flashback moment or something. I know that every trailer for the recent ones has pretty much been a collection of actors, a bunch of cars, and a lot of talk about family and togetherness and, and then going on heists. So I don't know how to feel about any of them because it's. What I mean, I'm just confused by everything I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Burly <laughs> guys, cars, talks of family and friendship. By God, Fast and the Furious is just an anime, dude. It is an anime. It is the, oh it is the most shonen show I've ever
1: heard of. You know what? Oh my, I like That's it. It's pretty amazing. When do you think? When do you think Vin Diesel's gonna uh, become a Hokage and start driving around?
0: I, <laughs> I don't I like, know. <laughs> I
2: like how your first response to every like if something becomes an anime, somebody's gotta be a Hokage.
1: Listen, Zach, you can't have. You can't have a group without a Hokage or something. Now, now Vin Diesel, I feel like he has to be the Hokage, the Hokage at this point. But I don't want to get into this topic. Fast and the Furious is... <laughs> Just realizing right. how animated it is. This is
0: great. So, so that's mine. What is yours, Drew? Mine? Mine is the classic. The ever-beloved. Because it has too many words in it. Metal Gear Solid 2... Sons of Liberty, because that's the most patriotic fucking thing I have ever heard, and I actually like that game, but I think the title itself is, like, you could have just, like, you know, you could have just, like, said Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid Rise, or what have you, but no, like, Sons of Liberty, it just sounds so ominous and beautiful.
1: Did, Did you not like Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots?
0: See, I almost feel like I want to combine them together, because, like... They're also macho and burly and great, so, uh, and they involve so, characters, like, getting naked and doing somersaults, and it's... Okay, so, so <laughs> Guns of Liberty,
2: or, um, Sons, or Sons. Sons of the Patriots? Sons of the Patriots, yeah.
0: Actually, wow. I, I have a a brief, like, I want to change it to the one that has an extra word in it. Metal Gear Solid, Sons of Liberty, Subsistence. Because it's a special. I think extra Subsistence edition.
1: was Metal Gear Solid 3, though.
0: Well, was it? I.
1: Yeah, it was Metal Gear Solid 3, uh. Subsistence, because it was the. You were subsisting on snakes. I think you're thinking of Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Substance.
0: Sure, sure. Because it has so much content and so much substance. Sure. Why okay. not? Adam, what is yours? What is yours, Adam?
1: Well, I can I can think of one I really like because of how stupid it is, and one that I really like because of how fucking
0: cool it is. Why don't you do both, Adam? All
1: right. So the so the one that's goofy is I really like. I think it was uh, Sharknado two. Not a oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> or is that Shark? Hold on, I can't I can't be a fraud. I have to fact check this live on the podcast, but. One of them, I think it was three, uh, two. That was Sharknado. Oh, it was Sharknado three. Oh hell no, because Sharknado two was another one.
0: They they kind of blend together. Um, they just they just do I, what, what What's your metal one? What's your cool one? I'm uh, curious The about cool that. one
1: I like is actually also a uh, Hideo Kojima game. It is Zone of the Enders, the second runner.
2: I, like, I didn't know. I didn't know Kojima did Zone of Enders.
1: Yeah, Zone of the Enders is a Kojima game, and it's, I don't know, I just, it's really cool, because it sounds cool, the second runner refers to there being a a new pilot, who is, you know, he's the runner, he's the pilot, he's the second runner, it's like, ah! Uh, It's only rivaled by the Japanese title of
0: Zone of the Enders, Anubis, like, oh, that's also really good. Wait, is that a Japanese exclusive, or is that what they called it in Japan? That's what they called it in Japan. Mm, I always wanted to try Zone of the Enders, but sure then it's did. like an old game, so I don't know how well it's going to translate to modern times. Uh, uh, no, it's 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 a really, really,
1: really good action game. Uh, they actually did a re an HD remaster for the PlayStation Three not too long ago. Uh, that was well when it first came out. The Zone of the uh, the Second Runner had some frame rate issues. And since the PS2 version was running at, like, 60 frames per second, the PS3 version was running at, like, 30 or 40, and it looked terrible, but they've since patched it, and it runs beautifully again.
0: mm, Mmm. Mmm.
1: But it's really good, and when we get to our feature of satisfying conclusions, I will talk about Zone of the Enders, because it is important to
0: talk about then, Well, then, let us move on forward to that. Um, Unless we want to talk about... Talk about our weeks, maybe a little brief, little what's going on with everybody, and I think there's a story or two lined up. Um, yeah. Okay, so Adam, how you doing this week? You having a good sexy week?
1: Let's see, uh, sexy week. Uh you know, not not that not that great. Well, no, my week has been fine. I just haven't been doing much. I haven't been playing many games because I was like, uh, I've just been getting home tired because we're getting close to releasing stuff. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm really tired. I'm going to go watch some anime instead, so I haven't been playing anything.
0: But uh. I've been watching
1: a bunch of anime, which has also been fun.
0: Uh. Zach.
1: Oh, I did play one game. What'd you play? Oh, I, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Sun.
0: Uh.
1: That game's really good. Uh, I got... Huh? Been...
2: I, I have also been playing a lot of Pokemon, but I have a slightly different story involving it.
1: <laughs> so, I, I just started uh, last week, uh, last weekend... Uh, it's been really good. Um, I, I haven't played Pokemon in quite a while, so it, this is my first one in, I think, like, two generations of Pokemon games, and it's amazing to see all these, like, new changes and things they've put in here. It just feels so fresh and cool, and I caught a Pichu, you know, so happy. Nice!
0: Yay! Uh,
1: my only, my only gripe with the game so far, and I'm really kind of confused about this, and Zach, you might know this. I probably do. So, when the game came out, they have this service called the Poke Bank, And the Poke Bank is this paid service. I think it's a yearly subscription. And you can transfer and store thousands of Pokemon because in the game, you can only, like, you can only have a couple hundred in your storage. This thing, like, cloud storage is thousands of Pokemon. So for people who, like, want to do IV training or EV breeding and stuff like that, you can, uh... I probably mixed those words up. You can just store a whole bunch of them, and it's great. Uh, The problem is, the Pokebank doesn't work with Pokemon Sun and Moon right now, and it's the only way to get Pokemon from X and Y and from other generations into Sun and Moon. So, you know, you can't trade a lot of your older Pokemon into the new games because the Pokebank isn't there. I really want to poke. There's this one Pokemon I really want from uh, X and Y called Tyrun. A little T-Rex Pokemon but I can't get them until the Pokebank is in and they haven't said when that's happening
0: mm. Yeah,
2: so, I do actually know about that I, I so a couple of friends of mine who are really into Pokemon um, told me that they're coming out with it soon it'll probably be within the next few months
1: few months? Ah!
0: that sorry. sounds like a struggle I'm sorry they Adam jan- they said January and January is almost over well
2: sorry. I guess Pokebank, it's a Pokebank people,
1: if you're listening right now, you have like ten days left.
2: Just watch. By the next podcast it's already in and then and then we get to go, Yay, Pokebank. I don't even use that. Um,
1: so, yeah, yeah I guess my week, Pokemon and whatnot.
2: Yeah. So so my week, um I've been having I've, I've been see. I also haven't been playing a lot of games, but I I have a physical ailment, as in I have a headache. That like whenever I'm playing games, it's a little disorienting. But um, I I also play Pokemon because it's one of the games that I can actually play.
0: Um, because it's on your I DS. Been, like, ex- what? Is that because it's on your DS or like I don't know why? Yeah, that one cause it's
2: because it's, it's on the DS, and it's it's less to sort of pay attention to and all that. Um, so, but I, I sort of, I haven't been, I haven't been playing new content on it, because I forgot to save, and I turned off my 3DS, and I lost, like, three hours of, of Pokemon content. Uh, oh
0: no! It's funny, because, like, all the problems you bring up now are problems that I had back when I had, like, handheld consoles. And it, it's just kind of funny how things are not changing at all. Like, battery life no. was still a problem when I was, like, ten years old. <laughs> so,
2: so battery life isn't a big issue for me. The big issue for me um, is that it didn't save. Other 3DS games have autosave features. This one doesn't. Eh! Hey. Yeah. Well,
1: that's Pokemon gross. has a pretty hard, like, you need to manually save. Not save points, but... So you can save whenever and wherever... It's just you need to remember to save.
0: No, I remember that. I just I just would have thought that they would have fixed that by now, because that was, like, the most annoying part for me, was, like, going through and manually saving and, like, getting in. Because, like, I wanted to keep saving for every couple of steps I was lost in this weird cave where you couldn't see, because I didn't get the TM to actually see in the cave. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't want to die. So I would end up, like, saving, like, every two minutes or so, and it ended up accounting for far more of my time than I hoped it would. Um sorry Zach, I went off on a tangent about Pokemon and old games. My bad. Zach is still there? Yeah, it is. Zach. Oh,
1: no. We've lost we've lost Zach. Here, I'll talk about something until Zach returns. Uh
0: it is kinda interesting Zach that, uh, oh. I heard him say oh crap. Okay. Um am I back in? You're back in, yeah, you're, back in. you're back in, we missed you. Okay, thank
2: goodness. Yay. Um, I see my character being dumb—it was being dumb earlier too. Um, so I will keep going until I drop out. You guys mention it, and then. Zach, uh, you
0: sure? sound like yeah, a robot. Hear this. We'll edit it all out. will Dang it. We'll we'll find a way to fix that bit. Don't worry.
1: Well, no, I can just uh just Skype and then come back
2: in. Adam, talk about shit. I'll
1: be back. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll jump to something you were talking about, Drew. Yeah, it, it actually is kind of weird that Pokemon, uh, I don't know, Pokemon having manual saves has just been part of the game, so it doesn't bother me that much. It has been kind of weird to see a lot of games, like, stick with manual saves only and having no autosave functionality. And I, it's weird because that's just something I've kind of come to expect from most games of some, like, hey, this is gonna, this is gonna, like, take a little backup every once in a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, it's actually, about. like, a design question, right? Like, in Metroid, because I love the Metroids. For people who don't know, I love the Metroids. Um, like, you have to save in that game. And that's kind of important yeah. because, like, you every time you do a little run, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're basically planning out how you're going to survive for the next couple minutes or so. And, like, that for me yeah. was always a big moment of, like, I'm almost at the save point. I'm almost at the save point. I can feel it. Like, it. It felt good, you know, versus like an autosave system. I would get stuck on a wall or something, and and it would change. It would change the dynamic, but you know,
1: yeah, uh, it just makes sense. Uh, it, it is kind of a big decision when it's going to autosave or manual save. It's just always, like exactly saying, it's kind of always like. I, I really thought this was going to like. I would hope this had some kind of backup, but no, I just lost all this progress. Oh well. Yeah.
2: I I really wish they would save after the like big gym battles or whenever you like. Get another Z stone for for Sun and Moon. Oh, that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Big events. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so hey. Hey
0: Drew. Yeah. How what up? What uh, my week has been, not my favorite week in in all time. Um, I've been, I've been listening to mindless self indulgence. As a result. But game wise, it's been pretty good. Um, I got to level twenty five in Overwatch, which means I can play competitive. And I played. Oh boy! I played my MLG, first Here we go. Played my first competitive match. We won, and I got play of the game. So I felt pretty good. Felt pretty happy. Um, and then I never played again because I don't want to ruin that record. Um, <laughs> um, but now, overall, this week has been just—it's been a week. In my existence, that has happened. And that's really all I need to say about it. All right. Confirmed,
1: (laughs) I lived through this week.
0: Achievement unlocked. Um, So moving forward, I think it's kind of funny that our feature is when a franchise should live or die, because that's kind of the theme of the news this week. Um, Adam, would you care to tell us about the the game that would have been called Scalebound? Oh, man, I... (laughs)
1: friends, we're gathered here to mourn Scalebound
0: to bury it with its brothers. What is Scalebound, Adam? What was it going to be? Wow, you know, okay, you're not allowed to any of the funerals I officiate, you're going to be interrupting like this. Well, I, 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 I'm That's sorry. That's really rude. I'm sorry. My bad.
1: No, so Scalebound was uh, was a action game developed by Platinum, so Platinum did Metal Gear Solid, uh, Metal Gear Rising, Bayonetta, uh, and they're Pretty well known for doing these big action games. And Scalebound was uh, director Hideki Kamiya's kind of dream game. He he, uh, he had kind of fantasized about this kind of game. He really wanted to make it. And uh, you play as this guy whose name escapes me at the moment. I, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, we will call him blonde protagonist.
0: I want to call him blonde, Dante. I
1: want to call him uh, guy with headphones on.
0: That's probably but more they're really sick
1: head. They're really sick headphones, all right? really cool. Anywho, Headphone Lad uh, was some guy that got dragged into this alternate world, and he befriended this giant dragon. And the way the game played out was uh, you would be doing normal character action, beat-em-up, hack-and-slash stuff, but you also had this giant dragon companion. So think, like, Last Guardian. Uh, Instead of, you know, just kind of following you around, this thing fought for you and you would do combos with it. It was going to be rad. Uh, it was going to be a Microsoft exclusive, but last week um, there were reports from Eurogamer, Kotaku, Polygon saying that there was some issues with it, that something was wrong with the development. And then at, towards the end of the day when all those stories came out, it was confirmed that Microsoft had apparently decided to cease production of the game, and it had been cancelled. Uh, so this was, again, this was an Xbox One exclusive. Uh, th- this is I think, they were I think they, they had partnered up with uh, with Platinum to do it. I guess Microsoft still owns the IP. But they canceled it and I think it was I think they described uh, kind of a conflict of like, you know, just some work conflicts or not working well or declining interest in the game as they've shown it off. Uh, but yeah, that that game was cancelled. Um, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. It's so it that's basically it the was... summary of it. It was the only game on Xbox One that I was genuinely excited about, and it was the only one that made me feel like, oh man, it'd be cool to have that, but I don't have an Xbox One. Like, it was the yeah. carrot on the stick to a purchase I was never going to make anyway, and now the carrot's gone anyway. Um, yeah,
1: I, it's interesting. I guess that was a very, very common thing. Like, uh, Hideki Kamia is pretty big on Twitter, so I, I checked it once the story... Once the story got out that the game would be canceled, and people were like, "Well, I guess there's no reason to buy an Xbox One." So, <laughs> Drew, you were in good company. Of I wanted to buy this console for this
0: game. I, I'm sad that Platinum had a like didn't get a chance to make a dream project because they've they make a lot of really good stuff. Like they've had a few like weird kind of like side projects with the Ninja Turtles and the Avatars and whatnot, but they've done yeah. consistently good work, and I. They've, was it was it a budget actually, thing? Like, is there word around why it got canceled? Because that's no, something I haven't been able to find anything about. I have a
1: theory that it be, it was a kind of. I think this might have been like publisher feature creep, from what from the impression I got. So, mm. uh, so if you remember when it very first showed off, it was entirely single player, and when Platinum ever talked about it, it was entirely single player. They never mentioned a multiplayer component. But at mm-hmm. last year's E3, they unveiled a trailer where it was revealed that it had, like, four-player multiplayer kind of thing. And each person had their character and their own dragon. And if you watch that gameplay, mm-hmm. boy, does it look really hectic and not that great, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. You know, what was this really cool-looking single-player thing was looking like a really weird... Multiplayer thing all of a sudden, uh, and I guess this was just a matter of you know tensions working. There was a report saying that certain key development people had to leave uh, like for a month to just kind of like recoup, and then when they came back, they were super behind schedule and probably wouldn't make catch up. Um, I, I think I think Platinum wanted to make this like really solid action game, uh, but Microsoft or some, at some point somebody made the decision that they wanted to start pushing it towards a big online component and I, I have a feeling that might be where it was because interest in the game yeah. kind of
0: that, that started just dying gross. down
1: when it, when it came up.
0: That sounds really gross.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that
2: sounds like, that's that actually really typical uh, kind of publisher feature creep that you mentioned. A lot of times it's like a solid single player game has multiplayer components that are just sort of tossed in there. That just aren't necessary. And yeah, it, it is. Well like, really like sad they they got
0: America the go exclusive now. deal to a certain type of game. Why why then pressure the company to make something completely different? You know? Like Platinum's known for making single player action heavy games.
1: So
2: so the the main reason is Microsoft wants another Halo.
0: No, I they I really I get want that another Halo. I get that. Um, they they yeah. already have Halo. Um I, like, it, it's something I, I that the company no. isn't known for, so why force them to try and do something that they're not comfortable Like, I don't know any Platinum game no. that is multiplayer. Like, I don't know uh, why they would expect that from them.
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was four-player multiplayer. That is, by far, Platinum's worst game, and, in fact, was actually pulled off digital storefronts not too, oh re- not too long ago. Jesus! Like, maybe a I'm actively kind of worried for Platinum because they had a bunch of uh, as you mentioned, Drew, they did the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, they did the Avatar game, Transformers game, and all of these like spin-off things. Uh, Transformers is pretty good, albeit a little repetitive. Avatar is kind of good, but why why did you do it this way kind of thing? And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was just kind of unanimously bad. Hmm. Uh, so I'm
0: they're, they have another game that's that near automata game drew that you were interested in yeah they've got that they have got that I'm really hoping that does well
1: because I would hate to see platinum like have to shut down due to poor cycles you
0: know, Word uh, is I'm, that game's looking pretty good I think this was yeah. probably bad for the company I don't think it's gonna tank them um otherwise um, they probably would have gone forward and made the crappy multiplayer game
1: <laughs> I have loved camille's response to this like I said he's the director who is basically like Man, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, he's usually a jackass on Twitter, but he was super apologetic, and everybody came up and be like, "No, it's okay, Kamia. You're still cool, the coolest even." He's <laughs> like, "Thanks, guys. I'll I'll return. I'll be back to make the greatest game ever." Like, "Yeah, you do it, Kamia. I believe
0: in you." Aww, oh, that's boy. that's nice. That that that's a nice, weird happy ending to a terrible story. Um, also,
1: yeah. if you guys are ever bored, do check out Kamia's Twitter. That guy is literally on Twitter twenty four seven, being a huge jackass to people. But it's amazing.
0: Sounds awesome.
1: Oh my god.
0: Um. um oh, Zach. Although,
1: I, I am a
2: little excited. Um. Because yeah, like for, in terms of platinum games, like I I'm pretty hyped about Near Automata. Mm. Um. So I'm I'm sure they'll end up doing well. And uh, yeah, that's that's gonna kind of where I am. Um. I didn't. I remember Scalebound, like, a couple times, and the only reason I remember it is because there was a dude with head, headphones on, and a big dragon.
1: Yeah, um, how sick were those headphones, though?
2: They were pretty sick, I have to admit. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, so let's let's move on to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah! Let's, guys, let's
1: switch to something new.
0: Ooh, Adam, what a great segue.
1: The grand yeah. segue. Did you, did you guys watch the Nintendo
0: Switch livestream? I, I, I didn't did watch the live stream. I watched the highlight reel of all the pretty new games, and that basically means I watched the Zelda trailer like like five times. So, you know.
1: Yes. So that, Yes, the Zelda trailer was the best. I'm so... Okay. Uh, go ahead, Zach, what are you going to say?
0: So,
2: I I did not watch it. Um, I watched some, some commentary about it, and I had some friends who were watching it. Um it seemed like the Switch had a lot of stuff that was about the sort of like the waggle component that it's like oh it's 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 the Wii Mode
0: again. It the the games lineup got me excited and then the more like tidbits about the system I hear about the more kind of uneasy I get with it. So like I'm hyped for certain things. I'm hyped for certain exclusives to finally come back again. Um not so, not so excited about the like general thirty frames per second thing. The uh, nine hundred, I think it was uh, native. Um, yeah. Also, I, I heard this weird story about how they're you're, they're going to have a paid online service where you're going to get for a limited amount of time a old SNES or NES game, and then at the end of that yeah. time, you get it gets replaced. Um, but may- maybe you know more about that. I-, I didn't watch the stream. It seems like you so, did. For, peop-
1: for the audience who may not know, uh, the Nintendo Switch live stream happened. It revealed a whole bunch of stuff, uh, as we've kind of just quickly recapped. Uh, they showed off the system. They showed off a few games. Uh, the live stream, Zach, I'm really glad you pointed out, because I hadn't realized, yeah, they really did spend a long amount of time on the... Uh, Joy-Con controllers, which are the two things on the sides.
2: And they're uh, Motes. Why don't they just... Never
1: mind. Well, uh, yeah, they're basically Motes. I'm hoping they track a bit better than the Wii remotes did. Uh, but, you know, they look cool. Uh, they confirmed that, you know, here are these games, you know, you can pick it up, do it, all these different play styles. Uh, like Drew said, there's going to be the online component, which is... And, Drew, I don't know if you heard about this. Apparently, most of the online components and features are going to be handled through your smartphone.
0: That's but, bizarre.
1: So, so, oh, yeah. uh, so after announcing all of these games, uh, and we'll get to the games in a second, because I do want to talk about a few of them. Yeah, that's the highlight uh, for me. They've been, you know, slowly but surely releasing tidbits of stuff. Um, you know, so, in the... Uh, I, I think it was the... The tablet on its own runs 720p resolution, and then you can put it in this dock, and I guess it will go up to 1080, or 900, I think it can go up to
0: 1080 HD. It, the, the specs I nice. was reading about were specifically for Breath of the Wild, and they were comparing the Wii U versus the Wii, or not the the, uh, the Switch, my bad. I'm still getting yeah. used to the terms, still getting used to it. But I believe on the Wii so, U it was running at 720p, and then on the Switch it hit 900, like it was yeah, something. Yeah, that sounds right. What?
2: Yeah. Okay, so that's good. It says It's nice to have upgraded specs. Um, speaking Speaking of Breath of the Wild, so I watched the trailer for
1: that. Hey, yeah. We are going to talk about hardware first.
2: Oh, we're going oh. hardware. Oh, okay. No, no, I'll... keep going. Keep going. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, so it's, it's nice to see that the, the Switch is going to have better specs. I, I was watching Breath of the Wild. My only impression going through it is, is this an Ocarina of Time
0: sequel? Um, uh, my no. general impression Wouldn't was be. they were doing that, that general Zelda thing where they're all relatively related. Like, like Wind Waker could be interpreted as a sequel to Ocarina of Time. Because it's yeah. like the world got wrecked and then everyone got drowned. Uh, to me, it well, just kind of felt like that again.
1: So, um, a couple of years ago, they released this book, it was this big lore book, called The Hyrule Historia, that actually did outline, like, the super canon Zelda timeline, and, you know, of games that are sequels, and which timelines go on, and Zelda's, you know, here's the thing, Zelda has a really deep, like, backstory, like, game connection thing, but, you know they are kind of loosely based. I think this one, I don't know which timeline this takes place in though. I don't yeah. know if it takes place in Ocarina's or in Win or in a uh, Wind Waker's. So, or, or what? Yeah. I don't know where it fi- fits in, but I think that's kind of the point at this moment that you're not supposed to know.
2: Yeah. So, so the reason the reason why I mention it though is, like, what they've shown of the game makes it look like it's going to be Ocarina of Time in a new age maybe. Like, I, do I think of you guys get that vibe? Because I'm, like, I'm I'm getting a vibe of, like, there's gonna be a big central area where you can run around and jump on your and jump on your Epona, and then there's gonna be the sort of, like, all the different hubs with all the different, like, races and groups and people and all that. I mean, it's yeah, hard to that's... tell
0: based off of just a trailer. I mostly got a Wind Waker vibe because the style looks more akin to Wind Waker. It's that nice, pretty, cel-shaded, color-y thing.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I, guess I got more of a Wind Waker vibe as well. It, it uh, Breath of the Wild is supposed to be harkening back to Zelda one, where it was, you're just throwing it into this big world. You can kind of go at it and do whatever you want whenever mm-hmm. you want. Uh, so I don't really get it. all i time thing, but you know, because Zelda is pretty, is pretty formulaic. Uh, but Breath of the Wild seems to be trying to undo the formula by again, letting you go wherever, uh, they've apparently shown off like only two percent of the entire overworld
0: like, sure big. sure like, I I don't I don't care about I, those statistics that's like so, saying you've so, only seen two percent of Skyrim you know like until you, got,
1: until you got so rude shooting me down but it looks cool it's like, I, I don't it's mean cool to shoot it, it down it does
0: big. look cool it does look cool I just I it's don't me. like it when it's like you've only seen a tiny section of this massive world it's like I you know, this is what you showed me. This is what I got. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, you, you know. You showed, they, they,
2: like, so the other thing is, that the part, the 2% they showed you is probably the coolest part.
1: <laughs> I, uh, so apparently it's the starting zone. So they had this, they had that whole presentation at E3 of, like, here's this one area that we're going to show off. And that's apparently, like, your starting hub area. They, they never left this one zone. But it's huh. amazing how big it is.
2: Yeah, um, so, I'm, so I'm a little, I don't know, like, it it seems like it's going to be a cool game, um, I'm just, you know, I'm going to be excited when they come out with it, I'm going to be excited when people can play it in, like, a demo version, and they really like it, I'm not as convinced on trailers,
1: trailers don't sell me on a game as much,
0: that's a wise stance.
1: I get you know. I guess I'd say like there is enough like footage out there from like an entire press conference of just this one game. They like look through if you well, want. Th-
0: there were like a few other games. There were there was something about yeah. Mario in New York. I think Super oh. Mario Odyssey. <laughs> My God. Okay, I,
2: I, Mario there in New was... York is the most jarring concept. <laughs> Especially when there's, like, regular people walking around next to him. Yeah, and I'm like, this doesn't make any weird. sense. Stop, please.
0: Like, I, I, I recognize that all the other footage from not that section of the game looks kind of cool. I get mad scary Sonic 06 vibes, and it makes me a little uneasy. But, you know. Um, there was... Yeah, well, there's, there's gonna be Skyrim. The... They're gonna have Skyrim. They're gonna, they're gonna have uh, Binding of Isaac on the Switch. Uh-huh. That, like, five-year-old well, indie game. There you go. How, isn't this a, isn't this is it like
1: the after-birth
0: version? Yeah, it's it's one of the the rebooted like millions of it's the newest version of that game. But it's it's going to be a launch title, I believe. So, hooray! Ah, that'd be pretty cool. Indeed.
1: For for the all of two people that haven't played that game yet.
0: Mm, indeed. Well, I've played it. Have you played it?
1: That's yeah, I played it. But has Zach played I, it? I haven't played it. <gasps>
0: so all right.
1: So we need to find <laughs> the other
0: one person. <laughs>
1: Let us sit on a grand adventure to find
0: this other person. We we shall do that. But gentlemen, before we do that, um, that grand adventure, uh, maybe it's time we get into the feature. What do, what do you say? You want to? All right. I'm all right, then. Yeah, we, yeah. Sorry, what did you say? Hello? Hello?
2: Yes. Hello. Is everyone here? Yeah, we're here. Hello?
0: Yeah, I, I think um, we're all here. Uh, oh. Okay, so then. a satisfying conclusion of everybody got immediately dropped from the call yes okay so then back to the feature of the podcast when do franchises live die and just kind of do their own thing um and i thought this would be an interesting feature because games have like Incredibly long sequel life. There's like there's a new cap there's a new Marvel vs. Capcom coming out. There's always Whoa. a call of- There's always a Call of Duty every year. Um Assassin's Creed is taking a break, but I think there's been like six of them at this point. Halo is currently on five in development right now. You know, like there's they're long standing franchises. And I, I often find like- Sorry, go ahead.
2: I, I feel like AAA games could largely be divided between sequel hell
0: and original title maybe. Yeah, or some kind of strange reboot. Um Yeah. So what do you want what do you want to start
1: <laughs> off on, Drew?
0: Oh, um I thought <clears throat> let's talk about some franchises we love. Uh franchises that are continuing t- that are currently active. They're not dead. Um and maybe talk about, you know, if you want them to keep going, if you think maybe it's time for them to retire, if you feel they're getting stale, or if you're excited to see new things happening with them. Just, you know, what's... to like, get on some common ground. Like, what are some long-standing franchises that you are currently invested in for one reason or another?
1: Uh, I guess I'll start, and it was, it was the franchise we were just talking about. I'm, like, super into the Zelda franchise. I'm really excited that it, it's still going. Uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what the new one does... Kind of shake stuff up. Um, I like that. I like that it just kind of stayed a little bit formulaic, like, but that each one has tried to do something different. Like each one has had kind of a different main mechanic that kind of takes center stage. But you kind of, have, but all of the players are still are still relatively the same. So you can kind of jump in. Oh, I know what this should do, but everything's a l- just a little bit different.
0: Well, I mean, like Zach was saying earlier, like sometimes they're kind of implied to be sequels. Sometimes they're not implied to be sequels. But I, I'm with you with Zelda. Like it seems to get different enough every time that it, it never feels <laughs> like the same story. It it almost feels kind of yeah. Star Warsy, where it's like it's the same general plot, but it's like it's kind of timeless.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how what... deep into the lore do you want to get? I don't.
0: No, no. I, I, I stop. No. So, that's you know, what makes it let good, us good for dive me. Deep into this book.
2: <laughs> so that's that's actually um, that's that's. That's probably why there's such a great longevity in certain games like, um, like the Mario's and the uh, the Final Fantasies. It's because every time the new game comes out, it's same character. Well, same characters for Mario, but it's generally speaking like a whole new thing. Um, which I guess Mario Odyssey World. I, I don't know the actual part freaking title mm. but it's it's trying like it's trying to do a whole new thing by putting you in new york with regular human beings i'm sorry i can't get over
0: that i mean it, it, it's, <clears throat> it looks like it's just one
1: level i'm surprised you're that stuck on it
0: I'm well it, it's not it. the one level it's the fact that it was like presented as the theme right like it, it was like it was what the trailer highlighted like look at this thing that's happening um and it also reminded me a lot of the movie you know where like mario goes above ground and it's like what weird Thank God that never got a sequel. <laughs> that would have been terrible. <laughs> that was
1: dad. That four writers. How did they make something so bad with four writers?
0: I think it's because they had four writers. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's the reason. Um, I mean, with dad, me, what, what's your
2: favorite franchise? <laughs> so my favorite, my favorite franchise. I'm sorry, Drew. I just stole it
1: from you as you were six.
0: It's okay. It's okay. And, uh,
2: you know what? I'm gonna give it. I give it back. I, Adam stole it, he gave it to me, and now I'm handing it to Drew. Drew, what is your favorite franchise?
0: Okay, so it's not my favorite franchise. It's the franchise that I'm currently most worried about because I want it, I'm really, I really like it, but I feel like it might be past its prime, and that would be the Devil May Cry series. Um, That series to me, uh, I hopped into it on the third game. I played a bit of the first one. I played a bit of the second one. Um there was a fourth one. there was a reboot. and now no one really knows what's gonna happen as far as the next one in that like whole spiel. Mm. but I feel like the developer like the the original developers went to platinum, right like it was it's a Capcom uh, game Kamiya, yeah,
1: yeah, Kamiya did direct the first Devil May Cry and then he went off to go do platinum. Uh, I believe itsuno uh, has been I know he did three and four. And then I think was an executive producer on uh, the reboot. I don't know if he worked on two off the top of my head.
0: I, I guess uh, but he... for me, it, it feels like it seems like the original team has left it, um, and now I there's this implied like continuation of it, but I kind of don't really need it at this point. Like I feel like I've oh, gone man. through my my Devil May cry age, and no. You... That game is that is
1: timeless. I need more Devil May Cry. <laughs> Itsuno was talking that just this uh, month about uh, releasing a new, about announcing a new game. And I really hope it's Devil May Cry Five. That's like all he's
2: been working on recently. Oh my God! we oh fucking,
1: fucking want another
2: Devil May Cry. You people, you yeah. people, and your Devil May Cry.
0: Well, These they, Devils
2: have,
1: might cry, dude. They, they might. Yeah, I we don't know.
0: Just, no, we, here's the thing: we just want to see the one where they all cry, where they're all crying, and that's the game.
1: The last one will be devil May Cry, and then he did.
0: <laughs> you know what? That would be a really great sequel title. I would be completely okay with that. You could actually make that work. Like, if you get, like, enough, like, dark, ominous, like, text formatting, it could totally work on a cover. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, um. Yeah, no, I like that one. Zach. Zach, go ahead.
2: Oh, boy, my turn. Um. There's a lot of there's a lot of sequels. I'm going to I kind of have two. Um, The first one is back when I was younger, I I would most definitely say the Halo series Mm -hmm. was my favorite was my favorite franchise. And then three happened. And then I was like, that's pretty good. And then I stopped playing it. (laughs) But
0: uh,
1: three ended in a satisfying way for you. you. Just said, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. Like I was like, alright, they wrapped up, we're good. Well like three's entire um,
0: campaign was that it was going to be the the conclusion of that entire arc, and now they're building a new arc with a new team. And I know. And it's weird. Like I I played you through need... four. Oh right. <laughs> Holy crap. Sorry, Drew. I remember
2: we were sitting in San Francisco, like, by the by the uh the ferry building. I think we just sat there for an hour talking about just, like, how
1: weird uh, Halo 4 was.
0: Yeah. um...
1: Uh, I I was going to ask you guys questions about that, uh, because I know Drew had put something down here, and I was going to ask about, like, games, like, ending and then getting, like,
0: sequels later. They were like, why did this come back? Well, to me, it's one of the most egregious examples of it, because, like, it had it had like a billion dollar campaign around how it was going to end and you need to see how the entire thing pans out and it ended yeah. you know they they blew up some stuff some entire species like done got wrecked um and and now with a new team with a bigger budget because Microsoft gave it to them um and like this whole weird arc of... They're going to have four of them now. Four new ones, now that we've had the one and the two. There's going to be two more after that. What? Yeah, yeah, no, because wait, the first what? one... So, it's not going to be a new trilogy. It's a new saga. And so... A new tetralogy or what? I don't know the exact term for it, but I do know wait, that... Oh,
2: wait a second, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Are, is Microsoft really going to seven with Halo games?
0: It's possible. The sky's the limit, Zach. I,
2: that, is, that is the, like... That is the largest and Fallout to freaking Bungie you could possibly do in the Halo
0: series. I mean, it's just like
2: shout out seven games.
0: Uh, I I don't think that's why they're doing it, but can maybe. I just pretend that's why they're doing it. You you can feel why free. Would be, why would they be doing a shout out to Bungie with seven games? Um,
2: Bungie has a thing with the number seven.
1: Okay, I'm lost. Why? What is so, it? So, so. Bungie, in in one of their
2: first games, uh, like Durandal, I think was the name. Uh. Uh-huh. Um, that like the number seven just comes up a lot, and they've done it in all of their games afterwards. Is like the number seven is a very important number in like all of Bungie's games at some point or another. Um, they even have a thing. There is a day called Bungie Day that is November. Uh, is it November? They it went- is July seventh because that wow. is. <laughs> And you know what happened? You know what happened on uh, July seventh, two 2007? What happened? They had a giant fucking party.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Remember, this is like right after the Halo series is like taking off and it's gigantic too. But yeah, so seven is a really big number for Bungie.
0: I mean, um, that so may be...
2: That's why, that's why I think seven Halo games is the perfect number of Halo well, games.
0: So so you are, you are a proponent of that series continuing. You are all on board for that. Just to get the um, seven.
2: I mean... I mean... Uh, I want it to die on the one hand. <laughs> on the other hand... Because I'm, full disclosure, seven, I'm, I'm in the camp hype, of... And I would play seven, and I would take fun of it a lot. And it would be great.
0: Hmm. I
1: if you want it to die...
2: I um because three is the end of the Halo series.
1: <laughs> Apparently not. We need we need more Halos. Halo Wars. Oh, uh, okay, that's actually one. <laughs> Halo Wars Two. I am shocked as a thing. I didn't think Halo Wars did that well. I didn't
2: think it did, it did that not. well either. What? I I played the hell out of Halo Wars. It wasn't that good.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, it maybe okay. maybe you could argue it's a series with a. Strong fan base and a whole lot of dreams behind it. Um, from what I played of four, the plot got really confusing really fast, and I didn't feel like there was a need to keep going.
2: Yeah, you know Actually, you know what? You know what the Halo series needs? What? Uh, a post Halo 3 um, tabletop role playing game. No. Why?
1: No, dude. No, it's
2: a perfect setting.
1: Uh, all right, all right. You know what, Drew? <laughs> I, I, think, I say we just, you know, just cut Zach
2: out of here.
1: Get out, get him out of here. Oh, Don't give myself that.
2: idea. Like, well, that's a better way to go with it.
0: I mean... I say we make, let's make Halo the MMO. Oh, wait, it's called Destiny. You know what? That's actually how I feel about it. I feel like the logical conclusion to Halo's gameplay was Destiny, and that's what's happening now, and so that franchise is dead, and the tools have moved on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I would rather um, see that situation than have something that kind of keeps going and has has all the cruft of the lore behind it and, like, a lot of old trappings that kind of need to keep happening. I would rather see those go away and have something fresh happen with the same spirit. Um, yeah. And... I guess... It, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah.
1: Uh, I guess, you know... Because Halo is still really popular. It wouldn't still be making that much money if it wasn't still popular. People clearly still like Master Chief and all of the characters. It was just really interesting to me to see, uh, like Zach, Zach and Drew said, Halo 3 ended. Everything was, look, it's done. The fight is finished. And I even think Halo 4 was inevitable. It was going to happen. I just didn't expect it to have the Master Chief. I thought it was going to have somebody new, and it was just going to continue the like Spartan like story, but with somebody new. I didn't really think they would just be like, Get Master Chief back in here.
0: Well, that that kind of gets me <laughs> so, to uh, Zach uh, finish off, and then I was just going to move on to okay. what I think the next the next topic I'd want to talk about is. But by all means, final thoughts. Um, so, so uh,
2: the I, I have a I have a strong suspicion that Bungie. Was done with three. They made Halo three, and they were like, "Okay, we're done." Then they made Reach, and they were like, "Okay, we talked a lot about Reach in our games. We did that." Um, and then, uh, and then Microsoft was like, "No, but we need more." And Bungie was like, "You know what? I think we're just gonna leave." And that is, pr- I, I, I genuinely believe that is one of the primary reasons Bungie was just like, "You know what, Microsoft? I think we're done." <laughs> now, like, no, I we're not. We're not making a Halo four.
1: Uh, isn't Halo Four and I think Five made by Three Four Three?
2: Yep. Mm. So
1: I, I wonder if then uh, Microsoft just grabbed. well was it Microsoft's IP or was it Bungie's IP?
0: It was Bungie. It was, uh, but
1: it is it is Microsoft's IP. I thought it was Bungie. Oh, okay, so that. No, so, it, so
2: it, it, it was Bungie. Bungie was a development studio owned by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um And so Microsoft owns all the IP for the Halo series, uh... which is why. Like other Halo games about other stuff.
0: Because they were originally going to be released uh, released for Mac, from what I remember. Um, there was the Oh, home. right. So then they they got bought out or they moved over, um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. So then, that, oh, Zach, well, did you say another series you like like
1: franchise series? Yes. There, I, I was gonna I was gonna mention another
2: one, and I guess I do have to now. Um, sorry, Drew. It is okay, Zach. Uh, The Zach. The, the series I'm actually excited about is probably the Persona series, because, mm. boy, that's hype, but we talked the shit
0: out of that last time.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that... Yeah, I'm glad that's keep going. Good stuff right there.
0: Well, wh- yeah, what yeah. about, like, did it did that series ever have something that made it seem like it ne- it was going to wrap up? It seems like it's something that's continuing. No, and, uh, no. Like, is it, it, it's kind is, of
1: one of those series of... Uh, Again, personas—personas are each kind of like, like we said last time, self-contained stories that only kind of tangentially reference the older games. Yeah. Uh, and I think because they're so self-contained, that the mechanics can continue to like evolve and do their own thing and still be fresh and new. Uh, and then the story is just a brand new story. So as you know, as long as the story is good and the mechanics are good, they can probably just keep making those ones. Yeah, uh, and I
2: think, I think that that's that's probably key to making a game definitely, but like it, the key to making a franchise go on forever is just to be like, no, but don't make it one long, continuous story because at some point it's just going to turn into uh, old, old soap opera. I forget the name of it.
0: Russ, Days of that? Our
2: Lives? Days of Our Lives, thank
0: you. Okay.
2: Anyway, so Drew, what what were you going to say?
0: Oh, I was going to ask about... I was going to ask you to find gentlemen when you feel a series deserves to be concluded. Like, when's a good moment of like, okay, we should stop now? Like, what defines that for a game franchise? Because in the uh, in the case of Persona, according to you guys, that thing like can keep going. Like, not indefinitely, but it's got plenty of steam in it. Um, Dark Souls, as far as I can tell, kind of remixes its plot... Um, as well, does Zelda, uh, um, and those seem yeah. like they could like you could pretend you could potentially have those till the end of time, um, but it may be something you don't want to do, right? So my thoughts are just what makes you think that a series needs to be done? When do you look at something and say, okay, fuck this, I'm over it?
2: I okay, so so usually games are about a sort of like a singular idea. Mm-hmm. Usually it's about something. Like, uh, for instance, uh, sort of the Dark Souls games are... They, they have, like, a thematic rationale behind them. And those games are really about the the, um, like the like specific combat system in Dark Souls. I don't know. It's, it's sort of like a game sort of defines itself, like, in its initial game, defines its sort of range. And mm-hmm. I think once you've expended the range that the game has then any sequels past that is just rehashing what's already in existence or adding th- adding to what is kind of like where you shouldn't be, like putting things on top of the game that really shouldn't mm. be there.
0: So um, you, for you, so it's think, a matter of original vision, of like this is designed to be something that can be repeated versus this is something that's designed to have a clear ending.
1: Yeah. yeah I think it's like, you know, if the first, I, I agree with Zach, if the first game is very self-contained, like, you know, you know, the mechanics are there and they're expressed there. And then the, I think a lot of, at least for me, I think a lot of what defines whether a thing will get a sequel is whether it's like super story based because games that seem to be story based often get sequels to it because people want more of those characters and such. Uh, And if the game, like if the first game basically says, Hey, this is going to be, this is kind of a one shot self contained thing. It's always kind of surprising when it does is get a sequel uh, for Dark Souls, I think there was, you know, one of the its big things, it's all of its lore and background story. So I think there was just so much of it that they could do sequels. Uh, and then the Dark Souls series itself, I think, uh, I believe me the director, said that Dark Souls 3 is the last Dark Souls game that he will be working on. Somebody else can come by and pick it up, but to him it's done. So I kind of get the sense that that series is done because the director said, yeah, uh, this was kind of the end of it.
2: Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the the uh, the reason why other games can go on sort of forever, like say your like in Final Fantasy or the Mario or Persona, um, is because they they sort of have like a template, and they can sort of they can put their theme onto the template, and they have there's like a uh, it, it's a broad enough sort of game, or it has a has enough going on that they can sort of be like, ooh, well why don't we do this twist on it. Uh, yeah. Zelda games are really good about that. They show all the different twists that happen in every game, but mm-hmm. but
1: yeah, I, yeah, I think that's kind of what makes a good sequel. Is that a good sequel will take what was like really good about the first game and and build upon it, tweak a few things, and kind of you know try something new, while still you know keeping what was good about it. Up. Well, I guess, like, that's kind of obvious to a good sequel,
0: but... Well, I mean, my question is more about, like, when when is it time to not make a sequel, right? Like, I, is I it just that time... the, the, the one that, in the franchise, like, this wasn't so good, so we're done? Because I feel like that could be an argument for, well, okay, you're giving up based off of a bad entry. And considering how expensive so... games are, maybe you should. But I would argue yeah. if there's, like, a story reason to keep going... Or if the director wants to give it another shot, I would give it to them. Does, that, does now, that make sense? I have a,
1: I have a fun story about kind of what exactly what you were saying, Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my absolute favorite series in all of the world is the Beautiful Joe series. Beautiful Joe was a two D fi- uh, like beat 'em up game by Capcom, and when it, it you know it's about this guy Joe that gets these powers to go into movies, and he's trying to save movie land and each, each level is based off a of movie genre. You could see something like, as long as you can can get yourself a villain or a central guy, you can just kind of keep doing these.
0: I am so it's sad that I missed that game. I, I had a um, GameCube. I should have played it.
1: I will lend you my copy. <gasps> that game is fantastic. Everyone
0: should play it. Excellent. Uh, unfortunately, so at the very
1: end of Beautiful Joe 1, they, you're, you're fighting the big bad, and uh, you're Your friend comes and says, Ah, Joe, you've defeated this threat, but two more loom ahead. And he's talking about Beautiful Joe's 2 and 3. Beautiful Joe 2 came out, and Beautiful Joe 2, while trying... This is exactly what you were talking about, Drew. It tried to do something different by adding a a new playable character that played similarly, but a bit different, uh, and tried to do this whole thing with this new character and new puzzle types. And Beautiful Joe 2 didn't really do so hot and because it didn't do so hot we never got
0: beautiful joe 3 the
1: problem is is that beautiful joe 2
0: ends on a goddamn cliffhanger oh no so so i beat beautiful joe 2
1: and like many years after i after it came out because i just i never got around to beating it uh because i think other stuff came up and just this sudden dread of Oh my God! I'm never getting the conclusion to this story ever. And I I pray every night and every day that somehow, some way, I could convince a Capcom executive to be like, no, but seriously, go get go put money in Beautiful Joe because it would make it would make bank. Well, like <laughs> I think it's I think it's been gone long enough that
0: people that want it really want it. I mean, so I think for me, I, I feel like to, if it was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach.
2: Uh, I think this gets to probably the most important aspect too. When does a franchise die? When the producers don't think it will make money.
0: Well, I mean, that's if, if I may. The caveat is, I know that certain series are continued because of money. I'm talking about a perfect world where these decisions aren't made entirely based off of money. Like, if we could, oh, okay. sorry. if we could, in infel- fact, no, 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 because that's a totally fair thing to say. Like. I'm operating under the guise of, like, I know the world we live in demands that Microsoft make all the money off of Halo it can, and since it continues to make money, it will make money. I wholeheartedly believe that franchise died long ago. And it died in a nice way. It It died in a pleasant way. Um, So So, uh, I,
1: today, was considering Maggleby's Law of Sequels. What is your... (laughs) And it was just kind of the, why do certain games get sequels? And I, I boiled it down to this. So the first game comes out and if it does well and if it has if it has a you know basically if a game comes out and it does well in today's market it is almost assured at least one sequel if you get good sales if you get good popularity you are almost 100% guaranteed at least one sequel
0: hmm. that
1: sequel then will then de- so that sequel uh, gets developed and comes out if that sequel can either match or surpass, you will. You will get another sequel. Uh, in a perfect world, Drew, like you were saying, if the story concludes and ends, the gameplay is fully explored in two. Bullshit! You're getting a third because we could sell more. That will. This will continue to happen until until you just it just runs out. Nobody cares anymore. Mm. Or it's gotten stale enough that just nobody like. Uh, I think it was it. One of the Call of Duties recently came out
0: and just it got so many dislikes and stuff because it was just the same thing again. But it's in like, space.
1: But yeah, it's um, going to get a sequel, though. So so <laughs> Infinite
2: it, Warfare has less sales than the previous. Like, every Call of Duty for like the last three or so have made less sales than the previous Call of Duty, and so, it's starting to really hit
0: them. So, so so then, my question would be then in a. Um, not a question, but then I would think. You know, in a in the non perfect world we live in, wouldn't that be a sign for them to ease up and put their money somewhere else, but they continue to continue to throw it at this franchise. Um, I think
1: it's kinda of what you were saying. Oh. Sorry. I think it was kind of what you're saying of to them it might look like the one shot, oh we oops, we missed, let's try again. If you get two of those, okay, maybe you stop. Hmm.
0: That's fair. Yeah, that I'm
1: yeah. uh, sorry, I interrupted. You. you you were gonna you had a full thought though. Um
0: mm-hmm. Or did he? I <laughs> I I didn't have a full thoughts, but oh, thank you sorry, for I, thank you for respecting I, I, my my unformed idea. I really appreciate. I it. I want to hear the
1: sequel to your idea.
0: I do have a sequel Drew's to my idea, idea two. I do have a Electric sequel to my Boogaloo. idea. Um, oh my god, Electric Boogaloo! Th- ah, this is, that should be my autobiography's title. Um, <laughs> no, um, my next question was going to be: What are the cases for a franchise to continue? Um, which I, I feel like we've kind of covered that. So I actually have I have a use case that I want to bring up with you two because it it keeps me awake at night, um, and that is the story of the Metal Gear Solid, where it is a high profile franchise that has concluded pretty effectively right now because it's lost its director and the company does not want to make new games. Oh wait, no. Yes, it does. My bad. It's making another one, um, but we don't sure, talk about. Don't it you know money is always necessary? I was talking about um, Metal Gear Survival, but let us not talk about that thing. Um, but that series talk, has. Wait,
2: wait. Can we talk about Can we talk about the pinball machine or the uh, pachinko? The pachinko machine.
0: Uh, we can no, talk about the pachinko true? machine. I just want to finish yeah, my thoughts, on. which is. That series was kind of always intended to end with a previous edition. Um, like, Metal Gear Solid 1 was originally supposed to be kind of self-contained. Metal Gear Solid 2 was supposed to be the last Metal Gear Solid game. 3 was supposed to be the last one. 4 was supposed to be the last one. Uh, it it kind of kept going. Like, the director kept being pushed to make another 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 one. And they were all pretty good for a while. Um, so... I don't know when it should have ended because the guy who made it didn't want to make it, but they ended up being really good regardless. So that's weird I, for me. I think it's because uh, I, this might be just
2: um, a special trait to, to Hideo Kojima, maybe?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, just, um, that, that everything he touches is gold. Weird, weird, <laughs> weird gold, but gold <laughs> nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I, I think in that case, uh, you know, I, I do find it really weird that, you know, it was like, I'm good, this is the last game, or wait, no, it's not, or wait, no, it's not. And I guess it finally took, you know, uh, the director getting almost publicly, like, harassed and humiliated and then fired for that series to kind of stop, but they're going to keep going. Uh, I think, you know, the games being good is a testament to Kojima. As to where it should have ended, I really thought it was gonna end with four because four ends pretty like convincingly,
0: like. Well, it's in that camp of like, no, this feels very final. Like, where could like, Snake's an old dying man. Where can this really go? And then they go into prequel territory with Peace yeah, Walker I, and all the other stuff.
1: I think with with Metal Gear uh, because, and I don't, this is why I'm almost entirely certain that Kojima really did mean for 4 to be the absolute last one is that every plot line that had been brought up before is pulled back into uh, is now in guns of the patriots and whether satisfyingly or not is given a conclusion like every every little bit is tied up conv- as confusingly at, as it may be but everything seems to be all put in its place so, you couldn't do more with it. You couldn't do future stuff uh, unless you, I guess you could do the Rising. Metal Gear Rising is after 4, but that, that that's an entirely different game. So you mm-hmm. had to do prequels, and it's just weird I, because prequels you could do indefinitely, but boy, those get annoying.
2: Yeah, they do. Um, Follow-up to the to the Rising colorary. Spinoff games. Mm. Are they, They're part of the franchise, obviously. But, like, is it I've never seen a spin-off game as like a grave offense to a franchise. sometimes like mainline games will be like Metal Gear Solid 5 is a little like mm, I don't know about this but I feel like any any spin-off Metal Gear Solid game it would be fine which is why I always get a little I don't know kind of confused like I wonder why publishers put out like the number titles over and over and over again. When they could just do spin off games and it would be fine.
0: Well, I mean, spin off games tend to be lower budget. Um, they tend to yeah. bring in, bring in the, the usual fan base. They tend to be a bit more experimental. Um, I, I think, think that's I a think really also, good call out. I'm, I don't uh, know.
1: I, th- I mean, think it's
0: because spin off
1: games, uh, to, to the fans who are fans of the series, uh, spin off games always carry a little less weight than a numbered thing. Like, if you had right. Metal Gear Solid. And then somebody said, here's Metal Gear Solid, Zack's day off. You know, <laughs> you would probably approach that with a little bit more, uh, with a little bit more eh, or kind of whatever, than if somebody said, this is Metal Gear Solid 2. Perfect example. Kingdom yeah. Hearts.
0: Oh. Kingdom Hearts is... Wait, no, Adam, Kingdom before Hearts- you continue, I need to I need to get a proper groan in, okay? Can, can you just let me... Okay, go for it. Again. Uh... I feel it. I feel your anguish. Damn. There's more. I could have kept going, but I felt for the sake of insanity. This is is a
1: family podcast. (laughs) But, Zach, to answer your question about why they don't do spinoffs, or maybe they do, is because, like, if you put a two at the end of it, a solid number, that has way more weight and way more interest grabbing to people because they know for a fact this is a sequel that matters. Mm. Kingdom Hearts 2 mattered to so many people because it was the second one. Chain of Memories, yeah, it sounds like a spinoff, and then for the longest time people didn't realize that, oh my god, it was actually important. Because you didn't know, but nobody knew Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories was important until it was
0: super relevant in Kingdom Hearts 2. Until they already had the sequel. And then they were like, wait, I'm missing this entire... Zach, in case you don't know, there's Organization 13, which is supposed to have 13 I, members. I, I know. Okay. Well, I...
2: So I don't... I... Right, so it's yeah, like, that's Organization think... 13 has 13 uh-huh. members, but you don't see all 13 of them in two, because half of, in of half of
1: them are dead. Half of them are already dead. dead. <laughs> but yeah, that's why people don't... It's brand recognition, is what it really is, is that if a number title comes out, it is it has way more weight to it than spin off mm-hmm. that. All right. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. you, you have you have you've have, uh, shed light upon this subject for me. Thank you very much.
1: No, more light, more shedding.
0: <sighs> ah, I'm just not sad because I I'm I wanted to be hopeful and and see like what what really brought forth like a good reason for a series to continue, but it seems like we keep coming down to oh, money. Money is what does it?
2: Well, well no, there's there's so- good reasons. Like Mario can continue forever, and same with Final Fantasy, and same with and same with Legend of Zelda. Zelda. Zelda.
0: It's
2: just... we, we talked about it a lot. Uh, that that if a game is, I, I suppose, like templatey enough, or has enough space to to sort of explore, that you could just keep making games for it uh, effectively forever. I mean, this is this is how Magic the Gathering works. Somehow, some way, they put out new expansion sets twice a year. Mm. Well, no, they four times a year.
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to, like I said, a good sequel takes what was good about the first and builds upon it doesn't rehab there we go drew Uh, you kind of get the a bad sequel will take the first and just do it again where it feels like oh you just you just copy pasted this Mm -hmm. as a good sequel will take what was good and like
0: re uh re show it to you it's something new brand new and it'll iterate on the formula <clears throat> but but yeah. how many iterations can you do until it's like okay why why we've like got this to a mirror shine which i get it kind of gets back to the like the halo destiny paradigm of like well that's sorry that's the challenge of game design i guess
1: then that, is true. that yeah. as a designer how do i take what players already know and present it in a brand new way uh so that's that's the design of game that's again the challenge of game it's design right? of how do i do this and i guess a failure of that is when Fans say, you know, we've already done this, but we've done this enough times that we don't really care. And
0: hmm. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean that um, I hadn't, I... I hadn't been looking at it in that in that light. For me, I was thinking about it like purely from a sense of like, I guess just like, what does the director want? What was the original vision? Um, but but looking yeah. at it like a template, I don't know. Like that, I can I can see how that applies to different stuff. Uh, Zach, I feel like yeah. I keep cutting you off. My bad.
2: Well, yeah. I was I was just going to go back to the the Magic: The Gathering analogy that oh. like you, you want to see something, you want to see a game with a whole bunch of sequels. Look at all the expansions for Magic: The Gathering. There's tons of them, um, and, and, and you can see in like every single one of them, they they put out all new cards, and the new cards, you know, they, they sort of change up how the game is played, but the game, the core game itself, stays the same. So y- you can do infinite sequels. And you can do them well, for for most things. Some things are very specific; it'd be hard to do sequels for them. But but again, it is it is the challenge of the design of anyone making a sequel in order to make it feel like the original game, but also its own new thing. Mm. Um, some of them are easier doing it than others, and we've listed a bunch of examples of them. Some of them are harder. Sometimes you have to, you know, sometimes um, a sequel will be. Like a continuation of the story, and in that case, you're like, well, why, why would I need to change much in the mechanics? Why don't I just refine down the mechanics? Because it's really more about the story being told mm-hmm. and about the narrative, um, or or about the the sort of like continuing, yeah, continuing the narrative from before. Um, but then there's other games that are more about, I, I don't want to say like more about the mechanics, but but more like. You know, no, no, no. That, that's, true. that's true. That's true. In that case, it's about advancing the uh, advancing the mechanics and about thinking about it that in a different way. And, yeah. I, and I guess that's the sort of two different types of sequels that exist:
0: mm. is the
2: the story driven ones and the more sort of template mechanical driven ones.
1: Hmm. To move on to the next thing. I don't know which topic. Oh, I think the no,
0: next uh, one I, 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 was... I think the like we've gone through pretty much everything. Um, the last yeah, final are... thing is just a quick yeah, shout out of sequels. A quick shout-out of things you'd like to see a sequel to, something you feel like deserves to be continued. Um, Well,
1: I will say every day I hope to God that somehow Beautiful Joe 3 will happen in my lifetime. So I'm going to pour one out for Beautiful Joe 3. I don't know, I think we're at pour-outs
0: now, yeah? This is a pour-out. I'm going to pour one out for the the true Metroid sequel that I may never get, Metroid Prime. Metroid
1: tread actually come out at some point
0: I am pouring um, out an I've entire been... bottle of gin for Metroid Dread
1: so I'm gonna God. I'm not gonna pour one out but
2: I'm gonna pour one back in for Gears of War 4
0: didn't that, that happen?
2: it was yeah, it was not great it kinda sucked <laughs> <laughs> Zach is finding is like
1: getting a cup like actually you guys need to try harder I'm putting
0: this back in the bottle y- y- you're, <laughs> you're reaching in and like with a straw getting it back up there
1: I have one other pour out, and this goes to something we talked about. So, uh, Drew, we started this talking off about, you know, uh, what games kind of ended satisfyingly, and it had a satisfying conclusion. So what I was going to say about Zone of the Enders 2 is that Zone of the Enders 2 was a sequel of, uh, you know, Zone of the Enders, and Zone of the Enders 2 had a really good ending. It just wrapped itself up. There was nothing left that needed exploring. It was so good. I'm going to pour one out, though, because Hideo Kojima, right before
0: he got fired, said that he was working on Zone of the Enders 3. Oh, that is never coming out I now. pour some out for you because giant robot games are fun.
1: So, oh, I've been man. listening to the soundtrack for two recently, like the past few days. Every day I'm
0: like, oh my god, I'm never getting Zone of the Enders 3. Oh, you know what? You know, I have one final part out. Getting, have... I'm never getting three. But thank God two ended in such a satisfying way that I don't think I need one. Well, that's good. So that, I,
1: that's my thats my thank thank you, Kojima. <laughs> Much love. I,
0: I have a tiny little pour-out for um, the Floygan Brothers, that weird indie game I done played on the Dreamcast that was supposed to have a sequel and never got one. And that's that. Oof. Zach, Zach, will you give us a lesson of the day so that we may conclude our podcast on a satisfying way? Of course. All
2: right. Hey there, everybody. It's time for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is, when something is shining in your face, turn away from it. Turn away from it quickly. And that's the lesson of the day.
0: Hope you all have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Zach. That's a very valuable lesson for me to have.
1: That was that was only slightly <coughs> ominous, and I fear light all over the place.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take that to heart. Hello
1: guys, <laughs> may we have indefinite sequels that
0: always remix and have good content on this podcast? Yes, oh indeed. All right. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful night. Goodbye.